Welcome to Relentless Truth with John Warren, the podcast that extracts truth from a wide range of topics, revealing who God is, who we are, and how we relate to each other. Now, here's John with this week's powerful and practical insights. Welcome to Relentless Truth. It's John Warren. I'm glad to be with you. Thank you for joining us. You can find us at johnwarrenmedia.com or wherever you go to get your podcasts. I have a very special guest today. You know him. His name is Nick Anderson. Uh, Folks in Central Florida certainly know him. He's a former NBA player, played 13 seasons in the NBA. He was a University of Illinois player back in the day. He was Illinois Mr. Basketball. I believe that was in 1986. I'm going to ask him to tell his story, and he can correct me on these details, but he was drafted in 1989 in the first round by the expansion team, the Orlando Magic. He was the 11th pick. He played 13 seasons in the NBA. Magic added some other familiar names, Dennis Scott in 1990, Shaquille O'Neal in 92, and and then in a trade for with Chris Weber, they picked up Penny Hardaway in 1993. Nick led that team in scoring several times, particularly in the 91-92 season. He had a career-high game in 93 versus New Jersey where he scored 50 points off the bench. I know I have enjoyed getting to know Nick Anderson, the man, and I'm glad that you're going to get to know him a little bit today. So, Nick... It is an honor to have you here. Thanks for being with me here on the podcast. Oh, it's a pleasure, John. I, I thank you. Uh, thank you very much. Uh, I don't. I, I forget the years have uh, how long we've been knowing each other, but it's it, you been know, a long time. You know, it's funny. I have too. It's been a long time, and the way I was trying to think about the the day we met, I used to back in the old arena, which everybody's forgotten about now, sit at courtside. And I I knew you as a player during this time. I knew how good you were. And then you, you last couple of years of your career, you 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 played for a couple of other teams, and and I kind of lost contact with you. And then the the Magic hired you where you were, and you still work for them. And uh, somehow at courtside we met, and uh, I got to see, I got to know Nick Anderson, this gracious guy that this uh, relentless truth audience is going to get to know today so i'm, I'm going to ask you this talk, I, I know the answer to this question but talk about for a moment growing up in chicago what was that like and at what point did you know i've got something special here from a talent standpoint and i'm going to play basketball for a living someday <laughs> well uh like you said born and raised in chicago uh yeah. People have visited Chicago, and I think it's it's, it's one of the great cities in, in 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 the world. It's a wonderful place to visit. Great shopping, great atmosphere, great food. Uh, but a lot of people don't know what we call inside Chicago. Yep. Uh, yep. Inside Chicago, what I mean by that. And growing up in the what we call the hood, but other people may call it urban areas. It's rough. It has been rough, always been rough, and it's rough today. Growing up around drugs and gangs and witnessing a lot of things that you may see on TV. That's how I grew up. I, you know, it was just a way of living for me and my 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 siblings and cousins and friends. Yep, that's yep. that's what we know. Uh, we are we're accustomed to it. We adjusted to it, and we just went from there. You know, uh, just a rough place, but it's a great place. You know, it's 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 what I know, what I was a part of, and uh, I can't exclude myself from it because I was in it. Yep, and you you still have friends. Uh, uh, that. <laughs> I, I see on social media where you post from time to time, you go back there and visit with old friends. Oh, no question. Uh, it's a lot of my, my, I still stay well connected to my high school teammates and uh, a few of my high school teammates to this day 
are law enforcement officers. They uh some work uh undercover drug enforcement. My, I, I still get a chance to go back and I see them. And my oldest son and daughter, my my son, he'll be 32 next month. And I have a 28-year-old daughter who will be 29 here soon. So they're still in Chicago. And I go up there and and I, I still see them. And then I get a chance to see my grandboys when I go back home. And I still have relatives, aunts and uncles and cousins that still live in Chicago. And you went to uh, high school there, and, and correct me if I get this wrong, but I think it was called Simeon Career Academy? Yes, yes. It was Simeon, Voca- Simeon Vocational when I, uh, when I was there, but it soon changed to S- Simeon Career Academy. And, uh, you know, you, you talk about uh, if you like high school basketball, you got to visit Chicago and, uh, and watch some high school basketball. And my high school has always been – uh, in the thick of things when I played and still to this day. Uh, you think about the likes of after myself coming from my high school. We had a young man named Bobby Simmons who played at DePaul University. Yep. That played 12, yep. 12 or 13 years in the NBA. You have uh, Derek Rose. Uh, my son and Derek Rose were high school teammates in, in high school. They won state championship and then you had another young man by the name of Jabari Parker who started Duke Uh, if I'm not mistaken he was the number two pick in the draft when he came out of college had a a good career in the NBA and now you have two current players from my high school Taylor Horton Tucker who plays for the Los Angeles Lakers and uh, Kendrick Nunn who plays for the Lakers so that's a rich, we rich history. Yes, it yes it is, and uh, we have multiple state championships to go along with producing some great young men as well as uh, great basketball players, and uh, just a phenomenal high school to attend. Uh, great teachers, great everything over there. Now, how how old were you when you played on a basketball team the first time? I should know that. I think you've talked to me about this, but how old were you when you were on a a, a, a real basketball team? Well, people might find this and say, no, and it's the honest to God truth. Uh, when I was in seventh grade, John, I was six foot three and a half, six four. Yep. I remember you telling me that. So what they call that back then, a man child. <laughs> but... <laughs> But I started playing basketball at a very early age, and I played multiple sports. I love I played football. I love football to this day. I played baseball. I was when I played football, I was a defensive end. I played baseball. I pitched back catch and played left field. So I, I, I just love sports. I'm a sports fanatic still to this day. And um, and you were named. I just started earlier. But you were named Illinois Mr. Basketball. That's what the title was called when you were in high school. Yeah. Were, were you a senior yeah. then in high school? Yeah, I was a senior. Yeah, I was a senior in high school uh, when I was named uh, Mr. Basketball. What was that? Then, what was that like to be in a in a basketball state in in the Midwest and and get that title, the best basketball player in the state? It's truly a, a great honor, and uh, you know I, I hold it with regards with a whole lot of respect to other players that could have easily been awarded that award. Uh, because you mentioned how, 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 how Chicago basketball is. Yep. And it's still that way yep. to this, to this day. So yep. to be uh, named Mr. Basketball of Illinois was uh, a great honor. And, uh, you know, it's something that I always will remember because the competition Chicago basketball competition is always stiff, always yeah. in the city, on the outskirts of the city. It's some phenomenal basketball players that come out of the state of Illinois and especially the city of Chicago. How, how about this? Is this fair? If you had not been in Chicago in a competitive place like that, you probably wouldn't have been the basketball player that you ended up being in the NBA. <laughs> Well, yeah, yeah, you know, I, I kind of look at it that way. Chicago, where I come from, the things that I've been through molded me, uh, made me into the, the man I am today. 
you know, some things that we've been through growing up in Chicago, some people that never experienced that, I don't think they, they could, could make it through it. Yep. You know, it was it, it, Chicago, in my opinion, and I know people who, who've grown there probably uh, agree with me, it's Chicago, and especially in the inner city, in the hood, it's like survival of the fittest. Yep. Yep. And you, and you, and if you persevere, if you react well through that, if you get through that, it makes you stronger. It makes you steady. It makes you steadfast. It gives you, it gives you a character that you probably couldn't have developed any other way. Exactly. Picture this, imagine this, uh, multiple high schools in the same area, different gangs at the high school. We all had to ride the same transit authority to get to our schools and, go in different directions and uh, being on a, a city bus and gunfire gangs erupt on the, on the bus and the bus stopping in the middle of the street to get people clamming out the windows, trying to get to safety, watching right in front of your eyes, someone getting shot, drug deals going down. I witnessed all that growing up in Chicago and it was not like it was one time. It was the norm mm -hmm. growing up in Chicago in the hood. That was the norm to see that happen. Well, and then you got recruited by the University of Illinois, the Illini. And I read a quote that said that instead of the fighting Illini, uh, Dick Vitale called you guys the flying Illini. Do you remember that? Yeah, we had, we had so many athletic players on our team. And I had to start with, one in particular, and I think he led the charge of uh, that, and that's Kenny Battle. Yep. High flying. Uh, he was our, our, our forward at six 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 seven, and I mean, he I, can jump over the, the backboard. I read and, the uh, list. I read the list, yeah. and, and I think I think your starting five, four of you, played in the NBA. Is that right? Yeah. Yes. Uh, you know, our starting five was myself, Kendall Gill, Yep. Mark, uh, uh, Lowell Hamilton, Kenny Battle, and Steve Bardo. And we had uh, Marcus Liberty, who was a childhood friend of mine. We played against each other in high school. And when he came out of high school, he was consensus All-American number one player in the nation. So wow. we had some, some, some very good players at the University of Illinois. And majority of our roster, maybe out of 15, 16 guys, 12, 12 of us were from the city of Chicago. Wow. Now, I don't want to cut you short, but but the list of honors that you received by this point, even through college, is just incredible. We, we take a half hour to go through those if we, if we went through them, but you were recognized by USA Today back in high school in, in 86, and then you end up playing for the Illini. And then I'm wondering when going into that 1989 draft, had people told you you're going to be picked in the first round? Did you did you think you were a first round pick that night before you were picked? Yeah, yeah, I was. I was told this is this is how it normally works. I don't know if it still goes this way today, but those young men who are who are invited to the draft, yeah. they normally are are top fourteen, fifteen picks in the draft. And some kids show up to the draft just because they want to and might not get drafted. And some of those kids who are told that they're going to go high pick in the draft, doesn't it doesn't always go that way. But I was told that, you know, I would be a, a, a top 15 pick and they wanted me to come to the draft. And I was invited and it was a special moment. There's two reasons why it was very special to me, John. And the number one reason that it was special to me because my mom was there and my mom was in a wheelchair. Mm. And my mom was in a wheelchair. She had cast on her left arm and both her legs. She had been in a, a car accident that almost killed her. And a lot of people don't know this. The number one reason that I left school was when my mom was in that car accident and she needed my help financially. Mm-hmm. And I said to myself that, you know, I have an opportunity to help my mom and, and, and my siblings. 
And and that's what I did. Other than that, John, I would have stayed my senior year in in, in college yeah. and, and played. But my mom needed me more than anything. And I'm, I'm happy to say that that day when I walked across that stage and seeing my mom sit down there right in front of me, it brought tears to my eyes and it brought a smile to my face. I remember. And I've never looked, I never looked back from that day. And here it is, 2022, and I was drafted in 1986, and my mother has never worked a job again since. Yeah, that is a great story, and I know how close your family is, and it's hard to get that across fully in a in a short podcast segment, but... Did you know that the uh, Magic were going to pick you? Did you kind of know in advance that you were going to be the 11th pick in that draft? Well, well, my agent at the time, uh, Bill Pollock, who represented several NBA players, he represented Chris Mullen, Charles Oakley, Dennis Rodman, George McLeod, a kid by the name of Blue Edwards who played for the Utah Jazz, and we was in the same draft, and George McLeod, who played at Florida State, we were all in the same draft. Yep. And uh, they kind of told him that I was going to go somewhere between 7 and 13. And if I'm not mistaken, I might be wrong. It may be 6 or 7. The Bulls was picking somewhere between 6 and 7. And I always thought that uh, I might have the opportunity to play at home. But unfortunately, I didn't. They picked B.J. Armstrong, and I'm I'm glad that I was the first draft pick in a, the team's history for an expansion team to help the team get started and help build a good team organization, mm-hmm. playing with some phenomenal players. And I have to give respect to all those veterans that I started with. I'll give you a, a, to name a few. And one really holds a special heart, uh, place in my heart today because he took me under my wing and he showed me how to be a professional. And that was Sidney Green. Oh, yeah. Sidney Green taught me how to be a professional on the court and off the court. And, uh, you know, Sam Vincent, Scott Skiles, Reggie Thiers. This is a, a name, a blast from the past. Dave Corzine. Jerry Reynolds, it go on down the line, and Matty Gukas was my coach, so it was it was a great opportunity for me, and uh, I wouldn't change it for anything in the world. You know, with all the winning that you guys did later, yeah. and then and then the winning that happened uh, during I'd, I'd call it the the Dwight Howard era. Those are the days I remember most fondly because we thought people around here, business people in Orlando, thought we'd never have a team, and and then. You know Pat Williams, and we we could we could name names for you know Jimmy Hewitt and all those guys. Yeah, got together and 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 made it happen. And then I can remember when uh, just even in the early years when you and Dennis Scott played together. You, Dennis Scott, Shaq, and I got to tell you just a quick story. I don't think I've ever told you this. I was at Channel Two, the NBC affiliate in Orlando, and I was on a tour with some business people. And Stuart Scott was getting his his sportscast ready the night of the draft. It happened to be that draft when Penny was picked. And Mm -hmm. and he he showed me two videos. One was of Chris Webber, and the other was of Penny Hardaway doing a no-look pass. And he said, I think the Magic are going to take Chris Webber. But he said, you pick the highlight. He looked at me, and he said, you pick the highlight for the the sportscast tonight. And I said, I want that no-look pass from Penny Hardaway, and I hope they pick him. I was just devastated not not to disparage yeah. not to disparage Chris, but when they picked Chris and then yeah. and then quickly they they did that trade and you got to play with with Penny, yeah. And, and those from that point forward, you know you've got you've got Shaq, you've got 3D. We called him Dennis Scott, and and, mm-hmm. and not not to leave out Greg Kite and a bunch of other people, but what a great time that was in this city, wasn't it? Oh yeah, it, it, it was wonderful. It was wonderful times. Uh, you know, walking into the arena and and, and uh, not being there, not being a seat in the house, and people were outside scrambling for tickets. <laughs> yeah, what, what special times! And and it was a small, guys, it was a small arena, wasn't it? It was an old school yeah, arena yeah. where everybody's right on the court. It was. Yeah, I know the locker room wasn't much, you know, yeah, re- relative no, to it, what it they're was. like today. But you had fans all over <laughs> you from the time you walked in that door. 
uh, when I say fans, I'm talking about fans, fans who yep. were uh, we appreciated them and they appreciated us. They knew that we needed them uh, when we had those big games and those 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 moments that we needed to make a big play and make something happen. They gave us that extra energy and that boost. And uh, those were just great times. And uh, Talk about that big play. Speaking of big plays, I, I only want to ask you for about one basketball play, but it was, <laughs> and I think most people know about this, but when Michael Jordan came back from baseball and he wore number 45, and, and yeah. you, you know what I remember about that? You stole the ball from him. How, yeah. much, how much time was left in that game when that happened? Well, it was, it was, I'm not sure how many seconds were left, but it wasn't a whole lot of time. And um, no, we thought we thought that you know, those I, of us sitting there watching thought it thought we had lost the game. And then you, yeah, uh, you, you know, you stole the ball from behind, <laughs> and and the Magic ended up winning the Eastern Conference Finals that year. Yeah, well, well, to take you back to the play, I can remember uh, them inbounding the ball to him, and he, I was in front of him, and I have. I took a reach at the swipe at the ball and he got around me and he was dribbling up the right side of the court. Yep. And, uh, he was looking over his right shoulder, what his left shoulder looking to see where I was coming behind him. And when he looked over his left shoulder, I had the opportunity to get on his right side and take my left hand and get a hand on the ball and knock it to Penny Hardaway and, Penny got the got the ball and back in transition. It was a two on one fast break with him and Horace Grant uh, against Tony Kukos. Nice bounce pass to uh, Horace Grant, and <laughs> he ended up slamming the ball. And, and you know, they, we go up, but there was a few seconds left where the Bulls had an opportunity to 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 make a shot and possibly win the game. But you know, came up they they. That didn't happen. Uh, we went on to to win that game. And then the second game, Michael came out because I made the comment to the news in the locker room. They asked me about 45, and I said 45 isn't 23. So game two, he came out and he had on 23. I know. Yeah, and he, he, had, a, he had a real good game. but Did he ever wear 45 again? No. I didn't think no. so. Yeah. No. No. He ended up having a good game, but we ended up winning the series in Chicago. I think, uh, if I'm not mistaken, we won the series four games to two, and we went on to play Indiana, and then eventually the, the Rockets in the finals, and uh, we lost to the Rockets in the finals. But it was great times. You know, you look at that team, we were very young. And I can recall, you know, the national media talking about, well, when the playoffs started, you know, this, these guys have no playoff experience. And they were just talking about Horace Grant, who had some playoff experience because he won two championships with the Bulls. Yep. But we weren't, we, we wasn't trying to hear any of that uh, yep. about the experience. We were going to go out and play basketball. And we, we, we shocked everybody by getting to the NBA finals and, if I'm not mistaken, I may be correct. I may be wrong, but I think we finished the regular season at 60 and 22, and we were 39 and two at home that season. Yep your your yep. Your, your numbers are close to the ones I have written down here. Yeah. Yep. So so it was it was it was great times. I mean, it was it was just great times in in, in the city of Orlando during that era. I mean. Our fans were phenomenal. I oh mean, you, we, uh, I have to give credit to everybody back in those days who attended Magic Games. I mean, uh, again, like I said before, you couldn't – people were outside just, hey, I'll take any ticket because there were no no seats available. That's right. That's right. And then – and then playing with two all three all stars because Horace was an all star too, and Penny Hardaway and Shaquille O'Neal, it was just it was just great. Uh, yeah. I remember they were saying calling us the Young Beatles because when we would go on the road 
everybody wanted to get get a glimpse of Shaq and Penny and our team. So it was it was great times. Yeah, you, you, always, you and you and there, you and Dennis you and Dennis were a big part of that. You guys were very popular yeah. players, the two of you back during that period too. Yeah. And, and but here's here's the deal, John. This is how I look at it. I know who we're gonna get the attention and and, and the notoriety. That never bothered me. That never took away from me being a team player because team wins games. That's Individuals right. rarely win games. Individuals rarely win championships. So I just want to be a part of something special, which I say I was. You sure And were. I was happy to be a, be a part of it. That was, you know, I'm not that guy, that player, that person, that man. I'm not a guy. I don't ride on the ego train. I'm going to prove that right now. I want you to do something. I, I want to get inside your head a little bit. I sat at courtside for a number of seasons, and you know, you talked. We talked about when we met back then, and I got to know several players over those years, and even a few referees. Uh, <laughs> unfortunately, for those referees, but I, I want you to describe what it was like to be drafted in the first round and then show up in Orlando and, and start an NBA career. So you talked about Chicago, you talked about the hood, and now you're in Orlando, you get a big contract, you're an 11th round pick. What was it like personally back then? Was it a shock to you? Was it? You talked about a couple of people was, taking you under your wing. What was that like? What did it feel it like? It was special. It was special. And I would say to any young man, a young lady today that has the opportunity to be in drafted. I don't care if it's the first round or it's the 100th round. That's right. It's it's a great opportunity. Take well, advantage of the opportunity. I mean, I, I, it was something that it was a dream. Some dreams come true, some don't. And fortunate enough for me, my dream came true. I didn't care where I got drafted at, John. Yep. Yep. I just wanted to be a part of something special. And being a NBA player, NFL player, Major League Baseball, soccer, I don't care what sport it is, it is special. Sure is. Can you imagine how many young men and young women are still in line for this opportunity? That's a great way to look at it. I Take often, advantage I, of this opportunity. You, you and I have played some golf together, and, and I, I often think anytime I'm on the golf course, I think about how, how the PGA players have literally probably, I don't know what the numbers are, but probably 10,000 people who are pretty good golfers who'd like to take their place. And, and the same applies, obviously, for the, the NBA, the NFL, and Major League Baseball. You're absolutely right. Yeah, it's, it's a great opportunity. Uh, you know, I think about uh, I, I would never forget where I come from. Never. I could think about those times when my mom worked her fingers to the bone to keep the lights on, to keep heat on in, mm-hmm. in Chicago when it was 15 below zero. Stuff like that. I will never forget those times. Because she loved her family. How, yeah, how hard it was for her. But she made a way. Coming home and all there was to eat was a pot of beans and cornbread. And, you know, we drink sugar water. We had to put sugar in, in water. And, and, you know, that was that was our drink. Mm. You know, I would never forget where I come from and, and, and think about where I'm at. You know, so I'm, gonna, I'm grateful. I'm going to prove that right now. I'm gonna, I'm going to tell two quick stories that are going to embarrass you, and I'm going to get you to react. Uh, they're not going to embarrass you, but they're stories you wouldn't tell about yourself. You've probably even <laughs> forgotten that you did this, but I know Nick Anderson, the man, and I could tell many stories. I mean, this this humble guy that you're talking about right now is how you live. I coached my daughter's soccer team for years when it was a rec team and then it was a club team. And in the off season, one year, we decided to play basketball. And I don't know whether you remember this or not, but you attended two practices at least, might have been three, and, and a game just to show them support. And they, there were these 12 nine-year-old girls that got a ball handling and shooting clinic two times from Nick Anderson. 
the, the former NBA player. And probably even more significantly, I'm going to tell you, I'm going to tell this audience something else. I sent you a text two years ago when this awful pandemic started. And, and I bet you've forgotten about this. My students who I teach at Circle Christian School were really struggling with switching over to virtual classes. And I sent you a text asking you if I, I, I just said, do you have any ideas, any way that, that maybe you could encourage them? And I received minutes later, I received a video that you shot on your phone, encouraging those students to be strong, naming my classes and encouraging those students to be strong through the pandemic. They talk about it to this day. Where does that come from? The gracious, humble guy that Nick Anderson is. Talk about how you look at life and where that comes from. Well, it it, it starts, you know, a lot of people don't, don't know this about me and which I don't, I don't go to church every Sunday, but I know where my blessings come from. You know, when I was a young man growing up and, and, and my grandparents lived in, 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 in Mississippi, we used to go and stay the summers with them. And I, my grandma had us in church. Oh, I don't, I, I don't to, think it's any secret among people who know you. Yeah. It shows up yeah. that you have faith in God, that you're a Christian. Yeah. Yeah. And, I used to go to church. Uh, I remember the church sitting out in the field. It was white and I was driving down a dirt road. And my aunts back in Chicago, I used to go to church with them on Sundays. My uncle, who, I, you know, my father's oldest brother, who I was named after, he was a deacon at church. So I have roots in the church. And I'm not, I, I would never sit here and tell you that I go to church every Sunday because I don't. But I know where my blessings come from. I know I'm thankful for the man above for for watching over me because there's times when I didn't think I was going to make it. And he he showed me the way. And I will ask anybody who's listening today, have you ever been somewhere that you had no business being had and you have you ever been doing something you had no business doing and you say, Lord, if you let me out of this, I would never do this again. And before you finish those words, you're on your way, walking away from that situation. And the reason why he heard your cry. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. And, <laughs> so, and, and, and so, the answer the answer to that is we have all every person who's honest been there, yeah. reached the, yeah. we, we, we reached the end of our rope and turned to God and, and asked for mercy is what you're talking about. Yeah, exactly. Let's, and I want people to know this about me. And I used to hear this all the time when Nick Anderson always looked mean and he had his scowl on his face. <laughs> That's just the way I look. That isn't the way I feel. I don't, I don't see it, man. I, I see a nice, yeah, yeah. I see a nice guy with a big smile. Now, now on the court, you occasionally were looked a little intense. Yeah, but that's just that's just the way I I look. I'm, I'm I think I'm I'm one of the most approachable people that you probably can run into. No question about that. I I'm, I I don't think I'm better than anybody. I don't try to act like I'm better than anybody. I don't try to belittle anyone because it doesn't lay well with me if I even think or try to do something like that. It doesn't. I have a conscience. And and that doesn't lay well with me. I love people. You, you know, my father always my father always told me this before he passed. He said, "Look, man, treat people like you want to be treated, even though they might not treat you the same way. You can control what you do. You can't control what others do." And I still stand on that to this day. Wouldn't that solve, as you're talking, I'm thinking, wouldn't that solve all the all the race and socialism and politics and media yeah. nonsense that we're dealing with in this great country but, right yeah, now? Yeah, it would, it would. But think of this, though, John. I grew up in a predominantly 95% black neighborhood. Yep. But that, that, that didn't stop me from loving all people, races, colors. That, that that had nothing to do with it. That's right. I just, uh, you know, I just love people. If you 
treat me a way that I like to be treated and which is which is the right way, you can get the same thing back from me. You will get the same thing back from me. I don't believe, I don't see color, John. I know it. I've, never I've, have, never will. I've been with you. I don't, I've been, you're about 6'6", six, six and, and a big man with a recognizable face around here, and I've been with you in a number of settings, and there are still people who don't always recognize you if you got a hat on or whatever. Yeah. And that is how you live. You, you live, you're the, yeah. you're the same guy with the guy that takes your clubs out of your trunk as you yeah. are with the group you're playing with. And yeah, that, that, I don't, I, not everybody's wired that way. See, and I want people to understand there's a difference between being raised and brought up. There's a big difference. And I want people to start understanding that. All right. Tell us what the difference there's is. A, there's a difference. I was raised to be a nice young man. Even from where I come from, all that I've been through, what I've been through doesn't give me the door, open door. Doesn't give to you a license. People, yep. Right. To disrespect. You know, no, no. Yeah, I had a hard times. We all have had hard times, and some of us have hard times right now. The times are harder for some of us than they may be others. But that doesn't stop. That shouldn't stop you from being kind to people. Amen. That's right. That's it, exactly it, right. it shouldn't stop you. You know. You know. It shouldn't. That shouldn't have any bearing on any of that. Isn't it healthy to go back to your roots like you do? You do this often, and this is—it's not unusual, but it's—it's kind of special that you acknowledged early after I introduced you where you came from and who contributed to making Nick Anderson Nick Anderson. And you know a lot of people. I bet you could name some coaches, couldn't you? Who were very special. My my high school coach. He's 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 passed on. My father what, what he was, passed on. What was your high school I mean, coach's was, what was your high school coach's was, name? His name was Bob Hamrick. And he was he was sort of like he was like my father away from home. He was a disciplinarian. He didn't allow you to you're not you we're not about trouble. We're not about to get in trouble. And that's my father didn't allow me to do that. And then a gentleman who recruited me to the University of Illinois. Now, I've lost all three of these, these great men, and it, it was Jimmy Collins. And all of my father, Coach Hambrick, Jimmy Collins, man, they molded me to be the man I am today. You know, everything hasn't been to this, it's still to this day. It wasn't peaches and creams for me. But they taught me to keep marching forward, no no matter how things may get. Times are, the the sun don't shine on your back all the time, John. Oh, I understand. (laughs) Adversity actually, God actually uses adversity to make us stronger. I I believe that uh, strongly. Yeah. And you know, my thing today, and I, and I, I will stand on it, stay humble. Yep. Stay humble. Have you got a few minutes for me to do a quick lightning round of just quick, like one, one or two word answers? Sure, all right, sure. all right. Here, here we go. Sure. You got to pass on these if it's awkward at all. So, no, so not at all. So okay, here, here we right. go. Favorite coach, not necessarily who you played for, but just favorite. Do you have a favorite coach in any sport? I was thinking basketball when I asked that, but is, is wow. there one? That, is there one that I know you're going to leave others out if you name one, and you're welcome to pass if you want. Well, my favorite coach, and, and, and I already mentioned him, and I have to say, uh, where are they neck and neck? And it's, it's two of them. And that would be my high school coach, Bob Hammock, and uh, my assistant coach in college, Jimmy Collins. Yep. All right. Is there a, a least favorite coach? Maybe, maybe that you didn't play for, but that. that least it, favorite this- coach. No, not 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 really. I, I was I was thinking Pat Riley when I wrote that question down, but but I but I yeah. but, <laughs> but I could no, be. No, I've 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 all from everything that came out of has come out of Pat Riley's mouth about me has been positive from his days in New York 
Oh, I was, I, I, I was just thinking about the practices on, on Christmas Day and all that stuff that you hear about. Well, 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 he just had a system that, hey, when you, 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 you stepped into the Pat Riley uh, domain, this is how it's ran. And all right. This, this, and, and let me let me elaborate on that right there. It was, you know, and I wish it was th- this way today. And I'm speaking high school, college and pros. I know where you're I going. Think lot, I think a lot of these kids get away with too much. Yep. When you sign with an organization or a college and the coach is there, and I'm not saying verbally or mentally abused, right. it's system of how you work. You signed up for that. Yep. Yep. That's right. You signed up for that. Quit giving these young men a leech. Yep. That's true. Let me ask Quit, you. Stop it. Let me ask you this on a more pleasant note. The best NBA city to travel to as a visiting team. Wow, that's a great question. And I and, think and, I know and, your and, answer, but I'm not sure uh, I do. Uh, 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 the, wow. Uh, I'll give you a hint. My I, two, I, let me give you a okay, hint as, okay. to, as to what I'm thinking. You introduced me to TJ Ford, and we're friends to this day. And he played in Toronto. And, yeah. and and I said something like, "Oh, that had to be awful." And you both looked at me. You both looked at me and said, "No, that's that's one that's one of the most awesome cities on this earth." And yes, it is. So, and, and, and you wanna you wanna visit a city where the hospitality and the people are so gracious and respectful, and really appreciate you being in their city of Toronto. Visit Toronto. I, you know, there's great people, great shopping. It's great everything. There's nothing you would not like about Toronto. You remember that underground mall there called the Eaton Center? You, ever, you, know, yep. you know what I'm talking yep. about? And so they get all the, they get all this snow. So you, me, and TJ have that conversation one day. And I thought, well, I'm going to file that away. And so years later, my daughter's... I think she was in 11th grade and I took her on a trip to Toronto and we got lost in the Eaton Center. And I thought about you this day when I stopped this guy and I said, hey, we're trying to go to the Mervish Theater because she wanted to see a play and, and we had tickets. And, and, and he said, oh, come on, I'll show you. The guy walked about a mile with us and showed us exactly where it was. And I thought of you that day where you had, you had talked about their people being so hospitable. I just... That, that, yeah. that never happens. And I looked at him when, when, he, when we got to our destination. And I said, why do you do that? And he looks me right in the eyes and he said, oh, we all want you to enjoy your stay in Toronto. And I said, oh, my it's goodness. a beautiful place. <laughs> my Who does that? Beautiful people. Beautiful people in Toronto. Just, I, lo- I, I love everything about Toronto. Is that one of the two you were going to name? Yeah, that's one of the two. And my other place that I just love... I just, I just love being. I don't love being there in the winters, but I, I have to give my hat. I have to tip my hats off, and to New York. I'm a New York kind of guy. I love, I love yeah. New York. Yeah, I hear you. I don't like some of the things they're going through at the moment. It sounds like it's a yeah. little tougher there than it has been, but I, I agree with you. Now, let me go real, yeah. real quickly. I've taken a lot of your time. Do you have a favorite center that you played with, or you played with a lot of great <laughs> ones? Is, is it Shaq? Oh, it's no, it's undoubtedly Shaq, and that's with all due respect with the other guys yep. I played. Yep. Uh, with Shaquille O'Neal is is is. I got to know him uh, too. A, what a what a gracious yeah. guy. Well, he's in a class by himself. And, he he, uh, he really uh, is. I always tip my hat off to the big fella. Do you have a quick funny story about Dennis Scott? Anything? Well, D. Scott, see, I've been knowing me and D. Scott have been friends since high school. That's why I asked we this. Played, I, I didn't, I didn't, yeah. I didn't tell you about this question in advance or any of these yeah. questions. But I just, yeah, he, I just had a, a feeling you might, you might have a funny Dennis Scott story. Yeah, yeah. Well, me and D. Scott were just, we've been friends for a very long time. We played in in high school camps against each other. We played against each other in college. And um, does, does he smile? Uh, did, did he smile even in practice? Yeah, because he yeah. smiles yeah. the he's, whole game. He, yeah, he's a, he he the the game is fun to him, and he always played that way. And uh, yeah. he's a, he's a special guy to this day to me. I, I want you to react to this name, and I know you still work for this organization. But man, I met this guy, and and I don't know him like you knew him. But uh, Rich DeVos. Oh, Mister DeVos, 
will always hold a special place in my heart. Mm. Just a, a great person. A quick story about him. He he had his secretary give me a call one day, and I'm just working in my position as the ambassador of the team. And uh, this is on a Sunday. We were playing the Celtics uh, early game. And um, she called me, said, Mr. DeVos wants to have lunch with you before the game. And the first thing I'm coming to my mind, I'm like, oh, oh the big boss want to talk to me. What is it? What is it? What's going on? <laughs> but anyway, make a long story short, I get over there. We have lunch. And, John, we did not talk one moment about basketball. It was about how are you doing and how's your how is your family doing? Yep, that's who he is. He was special, yep. special, special, special person. No kidding. In, in, to me. Yep. Yeah, but special to this city, special to the NBA, yeah, special to a lot of people in a lot of ways. I, I don't know a lot of other NBA owners, but Mister DeVos and the DeVos family has to be in in the top. Three or four. I forget what they called it, but remember that special dining room. It wasn't the blue club. It was that dining room across the way where you could, if you sat in the first few rows, you could go, you could make a reservation and have dinner there. I think you had Icon, to, Icon. Yeah. And he would, icon. he would sit in there in the old building. I'm talking, he would sit in there with his wife and he would actually mingle among the people at the other tables. He's actually come over and introduce himself and say hello to you, which just yeah, that, blew my mind that, back then. That's that's who he was, and um, yep. just special. Yeah. If you didn't know him, you had you missed the opportunity to to know a great person. Finish this sentence. Here, here we go. This this is going to wrap it up. If I didn't play basketball, I would have done what? I always wanted to be a police officer. Awesome. So did Shaq. Yep. I always wanted, and the reason why I always wanted to, and I think police officers. And, and and this with all due respect, and I don't want anybody to take this out of the context. Not all of them, but majority of them want to help and respect their communities. That's right. What would we be without them? Yeah, yeah, yes. And I and, that, and with that being said, I respect all of them because their job is extremely hard. Whether you want to look at it, whatever way you think about it, every night, every officer that's behind that badge, their job every day is a hard job because you just don't know. So I respect all of them, not just one. I respect all of them. Nick, I'm going to ask you, I agree with you, and I'm glad you said that, and I could hear the passion in your voice. You know, you're thinking of friends when you say that, and I get it. I agree with you. I'm worried about, I'm just going to ask you one last question. I'm worried about anxiety because of COVID. I see a difference in the community. I see a difference in kids in class. I mean, they're great, and they're doing fine, but our country is just anxious and stressed and fearful. It seems like this pandemic has changed us. Any thoughts on that? Well, John, you, you, you said a mouthful right there because I suffer from anxiety. A lot of people don't know this. I battle anxiety every day. I, I do, too, and I'm happy to admit it. Uh, I'm happy to admit it, too. I'm not ashamed to admit it. It is something that I would never wish upon anyone because anxiety is real. And so I battle every day with anxiety. I, I, I do. I pray about my anxiety every day and you, yeah, you, ever, just, you ever wake up you ever wake up in the middle of the night and do that yes yeah. yes i do i do too you know anxiety will keep you from sleeping yes it will anxiety will keep you from resting people who don't experience it might not know don't this understand it. but it doesn't have to be over something big it can just be exactly it can just be about life yeah you could be sitting around and you feeling I mean, you have the best feeling in the world and anxiety just can come over you. Mm. Yep. So with all those out there today that are battling anxiety, I would say Nick Anderson is with you. I want to fight this with you and we will overcome this. 
Yep. And I, I believe God is faithful and answers those those prayers. When you reach the end of yourself and you pray for relief, I believe that is the way to get relief. Well, John, he says, come as you are. His arms are open to whomever. And in my, and in my, to, in my case, that was a mess. That was come, yeah. come as a mess. Yes. He didn't say come, you pull up in a Rolls Royce, uh, in a 10,000 square foot mansion. He said, come as you are. Yeah, he didn't say go clean, go clean, not, your, go clean yourself up first and then come yeah. to me. That's exactly yeah. right. He said, I will never forsake you. Here's what we have to understand. God, he never leaves us. We're the one that leaves him and come back. But he never leaves you. He will never leave you. Amen. Never. Nick, I don't want this to end, man. I, I appreciate this so much. You actually answered me so thoroughly when you told your stories. You, you, you answered about six questions I was going to ask you. So uh, thank you for being here. You, I'm so glad that the man Nick Anderson came across during this 54-minute conversation in this audience. Believe it or not, I started this podcast. I got to tell everybody this real fast. I started this podcast because of my students urging and a conversation I had with Scott Inez, mutual friend of ours. And I, uh-huh. I, he said, hey, why don't you just start a podcast? And I thought, well, nobody will listen. Well, they actually do because I get really interesting people like you to come on here. But I, I can't thank you enough for your time. Your friendship is a blessing. I'm grateful for you. And thanks for doing this and pouring your heart out like hey. you did. Anytime, John, and I, and I, you know, we've been we've been friends for a very long time, and you know, I have the utmost respect for you and your family, and I just appreciate you more ways than one. Thank you, brother. All right. Well, thank you, folks, for listening. This is uh, Relentless Truth, and you can find out more about us with by going to the website johnwarrenmedia.com. You can find us on uh, Apple Music, Spotify, Google Play, and wherever you get your podcast. Until next time. Thanks for listening to Relentless Truth with John Warren. Please consider sharing this podcast and subscribe to receive future episodes. Connect with John regarding your comments, questions, and show ideas through johnwarrenmedia.com or at John Warren Media on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. That's all for this episode. Join us next week for another edition of Relentless Truth with John Warren.